Bibles at uh, Matthew, Matthew 20. We're going to start reading there at uh, uh, near the end at uh, verse 29. Um, but before I start, I would just like to warn everybody that my English is not that good. Uh, so you have been warned. Um, but the thing is, English in, is a language that is actually a bit difficult or a bit strange because, you know, um, we drive in parkways, but we park in driveways, uh, which doesn't make sense. And we, uh, when you transport something via a car, it's called a shipment, but when you transport it via a ship, it's called a cargo. So I don't, I don't get that. Uh, and, it, and jail and prison is the same thing, but jailer and prisoner is two different things. So, <laughs> so I'd rather stick to Afrikaans, but now I need to uh, get my best English out. All right. So, um, you have your Bibles open at Matthew 20, so let's start reading there at verse 29. It says, And as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed them, and behold, two men, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. And the multitude rebuked them, because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us. O Lord, thou son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? They say unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. So I want to preach today a, a sermon called Seeing is Following. And before we carry on, let's just pray. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day, Lord. I want to ask you that you can help me to preach your word. Lord, and may the Holy Spirit move in this hall this morning, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Blindness, um, for me, I think it's maybe the worst uh, disability that, that one can have, that I, that I think. And I, my heart really goes out to people that's actually blind. Because I can just imagine how it should be every day. And in this passage, we read about these two men that's blind. And eventually, they, get, they got their sight back. Now, we don't have to be physically blind, but maybe sometimes we are spiritually blind. Our um, heart is blind, if you want to say it like that. And we also need then to receive our sight back, just like these men. And um, so today, we're going to have a look at what is the process of getting your sight back or receive your sight back. So as we read there in verse 29, it says, As they departed from Jericho. Now, they were on their way to Jerusalem for the Passover, and it was about a week before Jesus' crucifixion. And it's interesting that Jericho is the city of curse, but Jesus came and he uh, brought some blessings in that town. And um, we know that Jesus cured a blind man earlier, so maybe the news spread to Jericho and these two men, or maybe more of them, but especially these two men, the, it gave them hope. They realized that this guy that actually can heal you, he's among us. He, maybe one day we can get to meet him. So I'm sure that brought some hope in their lives. So the first point I would like to make is the fact that they were sightless. They were blind. And we get that from verse 3. And behold, two blind men. Now the other Gospels, uh, Mark especially, uh, mentioned the guy by name, Bartimaeus, 
And so he was a well-known guy, perhaps, because they, they knew his name. But the other one was unknown. So that tells me that you can be spiritually blind. doesn't matter who you are. If you are known or unknown, you still need to receive sight back again. Now, these, these two men, they were not just blind. They were poor, and they begged for money and for food and everything. So what I think that must be a terrible... Just to be blind, or, like I said earlier, is not, not ideal, but to be blind, poor, and a beggar. And, um, but they knew some truths. They knew about the Messiah that would come, and now the question is, but how do they know that? And I think that is especially where the, uh, where the Scripture comes in handy, that um, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So, earthly blindness is bad. But just imagine how bad is the darkness of the soul. And maybe you are sitting here and you have the darkness. Maybe get more money or more food or alms that they can get that particular time period. Or maybe they knew that Jesus would walk their path. And maybe they told one another, listen here, this, this guy Jesus, he's the Messiah. We should just stand or, or be in a path where we can find him. So that tells me something. When you are seeking for Jesus, make sure you are in the place where he can be found. Make sure he's in a place where the probability of getting him there is much greater than other places. Right. So they were sitting there and they knew that Jesus would come. And that's just, I, I can just imagine the one telling the other one, I know this path uh, quite well. If we can just sit here, this is the perfect place. He will pass us by and then we have the opportunity to reach him. And because we know Christianity is basically just one uh, beggar telling another beggar where you can find bread. And they, I, I most definitely told that other one, listen, he is the bread of life we can find in there. If we read on, they heard that Jesus passed by. So they knew this is the one opportunity. It's maybe the only one. I, I don't think of Jesus never went back to Jericho. So it's the one opportunity that they have. If they miss this, they will be blind forever. So maybe you today as well, if you missed finding Jesus, it might be over forever. Hopefully not. Hopefully it gives you another chance, but it might be. Just like these, these people. They have only one opportunity. And they actually used what they have. We will see that a bit later. To actually reach Him. Now I'm sure there were other people as well that were blind, perhaps. Um, but we don't hear about them getting um, blind... Uh, getting healed from their blindness. So that tells me these two in particular, they wanted to. Uh, if you don't want to, to seek Jesus, there's nothing he can do. It, it needs to be a willingness of heart that you want to, um, want to follow him and want to get to him. And these men, like I've mentioned earlier, they knew that the Messiah will cure the blind because it was prophesied in the Old Testament, in Isaiah specifically. So they knew their blindness. They knew that they were sightless. So maybe you as well this morning, you need to, to realize that maybe you are not even saved, or maybe you just, there are certain parts in your life where you are spiritually blind. That is one of the first thing you need to realize that, that you are sightless. That, which brings me to my second point. What did they do then? Well, they screamed. They've cried. They've prayed, basically. If we read further on in, in verse 30, it says, they cried out saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. They didn't have eyes to see, 
they didn't have money, but the one thing that they definitely have was a voice. And they actually used that voice to reach him. So there's a lot of things that you can complain about that you don't have that uh, hinders your distance or, or that enlarge your distance between you and Jesus. But that's not an excuse. The thing that you can have or that you definitely have, you can use. You can always use something that uh, you can use to get closer to Jesus. They acknowledge who he was. He was the son of David. He was the light. And may we, in, in dark places, especially when our, we are, our soul is dark, may we also seek the light. May we seek Jesus. Now, they were poor, right? But they asked for mercy. It's interesting. They didn't ask for money, just for mercy. Which tells me that even the richest among us still need to go to Jesus as a beggar. Not go to Jesus with anything else because you have money, but as a beggar. Saying, Jesus, I'm, there's, there's no hope for me. I need you, just like these two men. If we read further, it says there in verse 31, And the multitude rebuked them. So maybe they rebuked them because they thought he's, they are uh, annoying Jesus. Or maybe they didn't want, the, want them to address Jesus as the son of uh, David. But whatever case, sure enough, it was difficult for them to get to Jesus. I mean, uh, if everybody is um, uh, trying to silence you, the first thing is obviously the time it takes for them to get to Jesus. That might have been hindered, as well as their thoughts. Maybe they told them, listen, yeah, Jesus is a very busy man. He doesn't want anything to do with you. Uh, you are poor. He can't use you. So just leave it. He's, he's on his way. He's, uh, he's troubled because in a week's time he will be brutally, um, he will die a brutal death. So don't, in, don't, don't hinder him with all of your, your stuff. And on that, on that note, it's interesting for me. I like to think it in this way. It's people that always say, uh, no, but God can't use me. He can use them, that, that guy or that woman, but not me. And then I think, okay, so what about that guy that you're mentioning? They are maybe saying, no, God can use me, they can use him. So in, in fact, you can be used because it comes back to you. Right, so it is interesting to me that when it comes to salvation in general or any victory over sin, it's the moment, usually when you cry out to Jesus, is then when the devil or the world try to silence you. It is, and usually it's when it's on the, on the edge of getting saved or on the edge of um, getting that victory where the devil will definitely try to give his utmost best to silence you. But as we read on in verse 31, it says, but they cried the more. So when, when somebody tries to hinder your path or your walk with Jesus or your closeness with Jesus, you must just carry on. Just carry on seeking Him. The multitude, their opinion doesn't, make, uh, doesn't matter. You need to still follow Him, still to try and seek Him. And then we read on, Jesus stood still. Yo, what a wonderful statement of Jesus, uh, especially taking into consideration what's going on that specific time in His life. And He actually stood still. And He listened. Now He's never too busy to not listen to you. You can always, he, he's always, you have time to, I mean, he's out, outside of time, so he, he has a lot of time to, uh, to listen to you, right? And this also tells me another thing. The fact that he stood still is, 
where there's suffering, Jesus stands still. Maybe when you, uh, I don't know what your, pro- your trouble is this morning, but Jesus is aware of that. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. If we read further, it says there in verse 32, And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye have that I shall do unto you? So he called them. The multitude rebuked them, but Jesus actually called them. Jesus, had, Jesus encouraged them. It's a major difference. And the other Gospels, it actually says where Bartimaeus cast away his garment. So the same with you. When you as a sinner, me as a sinner, when Jesus is calling us, we are supposed to get rid of everything that hinders our path to get to him as fast as possible. We need to rise up and go to him. He knows what we need. It's always interesting to me. Uh, Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will you have uh, that I shall do unto you? Um, it's easy. I, I mean, I, I think it would have been easy to see that they are blind. So always I, I, I'm asking myself, but didn't Jesus know that they are blind? That is the one thing that they need. But you see, Jesus knew that. He, he knows about your, your situation. He knows about what you need. But he wants you to pray to him. He wants to invite you to pray to have fellowship with him. That is why he asked that question. One of the reasons. Because he wants you to actually trust him and rely on him. Um, I, I know my little daughter loves drovos. But uh, what a wonderful feeling if she comes to me and she says, Papa, vors, alsjeblieft. It's amazing. <laughs> then, <laughs> then obviously it, it, your heart just gets warm and yeah, I just want to give everything that I have to uh, that moment. <laughs> but I, I need to keep for myself as well. <laughs> but that's the, that's the idea. God as well. He wants us to, to ask Him. Because you have not because you ask not. So these men, they knew they were sightless. They knew they were blind. What did they do? They screamed. They cried out. And then the last point, the third point that I have is, then after that, they saw. They can see. They received their sight back. If we read there in verse 34, it says, they said obviously in verse 33, uh, that our eyes may be opened. So may we as well ask the Lord, please open our eyes. Please open our spiritual eyes and our heart to see the truth, the truth in this word. In verse 34, so Jesus had compassion on them. His ear is never too heavy to listen to you. He hath compassion on them. And touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight. So just one touch. By that he proved that he is the light. He is the one that can give life. Just by one touch. And it was immediate. Maybe finding Jesus is not immediate. I know a lot of you, in, in my case as well, it took me a long time to actually find Jesus. But once I found Jesus, it was immediate. That salvation was immediate, just like in this case. And just imagine the first time that they can actually see, they saw the light. They saw Jesus. What a wonderful feeling that would have been. And uh, I've heard that uh, some blind people, they say they can't wait for heaven, some bli- uh, saved blind people, because the first thing that they will ever see is Jesus. I think it will be, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And this brings me to my closing. What happened then? We saw, they knew they were uh, sightless. They were blind. What did they do? They screamed. They asked God to help them. And then 
they received their sight back. But what after that? That last part of verse 34. And they followed him. Now one cannot follow Jesus blindly. And it's exactly in this case that we can see. Now we follow him and he cannot lead us astray. We know he's the light. He can direct our paths. And once you can see, you don't need a guide anymore. You don't need religion. You don't need philosophy. You don't need education. You don't need tradition to show you, but this is the correct path. This, you need Jesus. You need to follow him. He's the only one that can actually lead us in the right path. So blindness of the heart also can be cured. You just need to go to him. You just need to go to Jesus, the healer. So whatever trouble you have this morning, go to him. He is the answer. Now is the time. Because maybe just like these two guys, if they miss that opportunity, it's gone. But when you get to Jesus and when he, he helps you to, to receive your sight back, whatever your spiritual blindness is, what after that? You need to follow. And that's why seeing indeed is following. Thank you. Right now, it took a lot of courage for him to do that in English. So, ek moet een beetje Afrikaans praat nou. Say, say English.